0: We know how big a problem it is, but now one police force thinks it might have found a solution that's reducing hair coursing, in its area anyway. What we've done is
1: address how we do business, so we've looked at where our resources are, how we use our intelligence, what equipment we might need to change to make us more effective and more efficient.
0: More from Lincolnshire Police in a moment. Also, we'll hear from the AICC conference in the week just gone. A look ahead to this coming week's Lama. And we've our first report of the year from Nick Morris at British Sugar.
2: That's right, yeah. So I will say Happy New Year to yourself and, uh, and indeed the listeners. And uh, you're right, it's been a while since it's been on. Five weeks, in fact. Um, so hopefully I've got some good uh, progress to report on and sh- and share this morning. Uh, I've actually decided not to pass comment on the weather, uh, other than to say uh, it seems seasonally typical. I'm not sure there's much more to it than that, to be honest. Wet
0: is one word, but yes.
2: Yes, quite. <laughs> the
3: Week in Agriculture. This is The Farming Programme with Sean Dunderdale. Good
0: morning. It was the Association of Independent Crop Consultants' annual conference this week in North Hans. Day three of the conference coincided with Theresa May's speech outlining the government's 25-year environment plan and a pledge to support further restrictions on neonicotinoids. weekly agronomist Sean Sparling is, of course, the chairman of the AICC. So how was the conference,
4: Sean? Yes, good morning, Sean. And it has been pretty full on, just as you say. We are the largest body of independent crop consultants in Europe. The independent sector is about 50% of all the arable advice given out there. And we just sell our advice. That's all we do. So um, once a year we have a conference and we, we... we get around 170 members who are able to make it, uh, and we put on a three-day technical conference, as in-depth technical as you could possibly imagine, on everything from soils, water, environmental protection cover crops from insecticide use herbicide use fungicide use programs problems what other people are seeing the rest of the world and we get all the leading experts across the UK and Europe to come and talk to us about what's happening because if you want to know the real picture behind things you get the people who know so we get the best from ADAS from Rothamsted we get people coming from outside groups and outside countries to come and talk to us about what's going on so that we can have an edge really and we we show our trials we have trials points all around the country we have around 12 trial sites across the UK and this we do trials based upon what members want to know about We show them warts and all to members on the Tuesday morning. And it's fascinating to see. And the only people who see that trials data are AICC members. So, you know, it's very, very useful for me because it's warts and all. It doesn't take any prisoners. If something says it works and it doesn't work, we're told it doesn't work. That's how it works. So um, it's very, very useful. And you come out of that conference having worked from 8 o'clock in the morning till 8 o'clock at night with an hour for lunch and a couple of coffee breaks. Feeling absolutely full of knowledge, information, gin, Carlin Black label, and ready to move forward for the coming year. So it's been absolutely fantastic. Best conference yet, biggest conference yet. And um, it's good to speak to a lot of other independent agronomists from around the country and just pull ideas. It's all about networking and learning because every day is a school day. And, uh, you know, being independent, it's not about doing your own thing. It's just about doing the right thing on your own. That's what we all think. And that's what we do. And uh, fantastic. You'll have to come down next year, Sean. But while I was down there, obviously, Mrs May made a little bit of a speech about the 25 year um, plan for the environment. And... Having read the transcript of that speech, I'll say two things. Firstly, it's quite insulting as an industry to be told that we're not doing our job properly. It's even more insulting be told the way to do our job is this way and find out the way they're telling us to do our job is how we're already doing it. So I don't know who advises some of these people but most of the things that she's saying we're already doing. We are already working to integrated crop management protocols and integrated pest management protocols, linking the environment and farming, leaf protocols, water management, soil management. We're already doing all these things in modern agriculture and we're doing them very very well Um, and we will continue to do them because we only ever. The spray when we need to spray. We spray when the beneficials are being overwhelmed by the bad things. And that's the only time we will ever step in when something poses a risk to the crop and to the environment. Um, and it's very, very insulting to be told that that's not how we do the job. But I do agree there needs to be a plan in place. And I absolutely agree with the plastic thing because... We in agriculture are governed very, very highly. All of our plastics are put into bags and taken away. They're not dumped, they're never burnt, they're taken away. We do our job very well, we do it with a conscience and we do it very, very seriously. We take it seriously. Um, So just remember that the environment that's out there, the reason it's so nice to go and walk in the countryside now is because of agriculture. Without agriculture, the environment is in one hell of a mess and if the environment relies upon the people who are just coming up with spurious ideas and saying things for the sake doing it we're going to see some huge problems so we need to back British farming because it's because of British farming the environment is in such good condition as it is now particularly things like farmland birds and insect life and bees and everything else you know we don't grow crops in fields just for fun we grow them to eat them for food and we manage and we protect and we work alongside wildlife all the time that we're doing it. Sean
0: Sparling chairman of the AICC he'll be back in a short while with our regular agronomy update first let's get that first report of the year from nick morris at british sugar we mentioned at the start of the program about the wet start of the year so how's the campaign looking nick
2: we're now 122 days into our processing season, so that makes us around two-thirds of the way through so we're getting through it uh, and harvesting conditions as you point out they have become a little bit more difficult of late uh, due to the the wet weather uh, contractors really just having to be a little bit more selective about where they go, deciding which fields will, uh, will travel following some of the wetter conditions that we've had. However, you know, this is not unusual for this time of year. Um, and as such, beet supply has become a little bit more hand-to-mouth, uh, with supplies typically varying across haulage groups, some with just a few days of beet supply and others with a few weeks. So we always have a bit of a variation. Factory throughput now averaging 9,660 tonnes a day, which is right in line with our budget performance. We're actually going to stop for a boil-out next Wednesday the 17th, Uh, and this is a, a decal uh, effect of the evaporators, so we actually stop, it's a bit like a Formula 1 pit stop, right. the idea is you stop uh, the factory, you have a clean down, uh, do some refurbishment with the idea that you'll then go quicker throughout the rest of the season, so hopefully like putting some new tyres on an F1 car, but I suspect it'll take us more than three seconds, yes, probably more, so, yeah. best part of a day I would think, so we'll be communicating to our hauliers uh, about that uh, that planned slowdown. Uh, f- so five weeks ago, I reported that sugar content had continued to climb, and it did actually peak uh, in mid-December at 18.5%. And that uh, the interesting point there, it's about a month later than typical. So this crop has been quite slow and steady to put on its uh, its final uh, sugar content. Uh, Since then, uh, we've received a greater proportion of uh, stored beet deliveries. Again, this is very typical over the Christmas period as uh, harvesters uh, take a little bit of time out. And we've also had some rain since then. So as such, sugar content has fallen by about half a percent since mid-December. Again, also just pretty typical for this time of year. So average sugar content now for the campaign is 17.8%, which is up by 0.2% since I last reported five weeks ago. Uh, Also the change since uh, my last report we've had 100 more uh, finishers uh, which have finished their their campaign and they're now averaging 74 tonnes a hectare and that's up by 4 tonnes a hectare uh, since I was last on this show and I expect that to continue to uh, rise as campaign progresses and hopefully we'll end up somewhere near to 80 tonnes a hectare which uh, with our previous record of 76 is incredibly encouraging. With regards to the crop itself, uh, the quality continues to be uh, very, very good. Dirt tears have increased a little bit as a consequence of the rainfall, as we would have expected. Um, So the only thing we can really say is uh, just maintain a vigilance for any root rots, either in the fields or in storage heaps, uh, because as time progresses, they will uh, deteriorate uh, over time. Next, I was going to mention a couple of uh, events which the British Beat Research Organisation are hosting. Uh, firstly, they're hosting a, a drill training event, uh, which is titled "Drilling for Better Establishment," and that's on Wednesday, the thirty-first of January, at Rise Home Campus, from eight thirty until one, and that'll cover seabed preparation, seed handling, drill maintenance, and setup and there'll also be some demonstrations from the manufacturers, so I'd really encourage uh, growers. It's very limited in spaces, um, but there are, I think, about 10 spaces left, so if you go on the BBRO website and register to secure a place, I'd highly recommend drill operators taking taking part in that. Also, a date for the diary is the BBRO Winter Technical Conference on the 8th of February, and it's at Belton Woods near Grantham, so both those events can be found at bbro.co.uk forward slash events.
0: Thank you, Nick Morris from British Sugar. How are grain and oilseed rate prices doing? Let's get an update from Rebecca Pierce at Open Field. How are things, Rebecca?
3: Not really an exciting week for the UK wheat market this week as it continues to look for fresh news and direction. We are continuing to see a premium for feed wheat in the spot market, particularly in the north of the country, for those local to feed mills, but unfortunately there's no real carry going forward. Feed wheat values remain around £139 to £144 a tonne ex farm for January movement. Premiums for your Group 1 varieties remain around £10 a tonne, dependent on your area, with a vast majority of Group 1s having to travel to the northwest of the UK and haulage eating into the premium. It's important to continue to supply the domestic market, otherwise, consumers may look elsewhere with lots of cheaper feed commodities available globally. The latest data from HMRC shows wheat continuing to arrive into the UK, with just over 700,000 tonnes imported up to the end of November last year. New crop wheat markets remain at attractive levels versus previous years, and at current values are worth considering. Get in touch with your local open field farm business manager for your latest prices. The latest USDA report was issued on Friday afternoon, so the trade will be digesting that over the weekend and we'll see how it will affect markets this week. Feed barley markets continue to trade in a similar range to those levels we've seen throughout December, with no signs of them trading lower anytime soon. The higher prices are being paid in areas with export activity and a strong feed demand. Premiums for molten barley depend on specification and variety with springs around £30 a tonne over feed and winters a little less. The oilseed rate market hasn't overly gained this week and there's almost a standoff between the farm gate and the buyers. Farmers don't really want to sell at these levels, but as yet the crushers haven't shown their appetite to buy. So values continue to trade around 295 to £300 a tonne ex-farm with a pound per tonne per month carry going forward through to May. Australian exports are coming into the EU, although at some significantly lower levels than last year on the back of a smaller oilseed rape acreage going into their harvest. Last year, the EU imported near 3 million tonnes of Australian oilseed rape and so far what is currently destined for the EU totals just over 600,000 tonnes. Frost seen at the beginning of this week will help keep disease at bay in oilseed rate crops. And so far, from what I've seen, crops look good and crops are wintering well, giving early confidence ahead of 2018 harvest. Only time will tell as we get into the spring months and approach our harvest. Currently, new crop oilseed rate values are trading around £290 a tonne ex-farm dependent on your area. The UK bean market remains flooded with feed beans as many parcels are downgraded from human consumption and values for February are trading around £145 to £150 pounds a tonne Farm, with premiums of around £25 pounds a tonne for human consumption for the very best samples. So let's just recap those prices. Spot feed wheat is trading around £139 to £144 a tonne for January with a real lack of carry going forward. New crops around £136 to £138 a tonne for harvest with £140 a tonne being on the books for November. Your group one premium remains around £10 a tonne. Feed barley is trading at around £125 to £129 a tonne for January with a pound per tonne per month carry going forward. There's a premium for molting of around 30 pounds a tonne for springs and a little less for your winters. Spot oil seed rape is trading around 295 to 300 pounds a tonne with new crop trading at 290 pounds a tonne for harvest and your feed bean values are 145 to 150 pounds a tonne for February with a premium for human consumption dependent on samples. Just a quick note to say that Openfield will be at the Lamb and Machinery Show this week so please come and find us in Hall 7 if if you're attending.
0: We'll see you at Lammer indeed. Thank you, Rebecca Pierce at Open Field. We'll look ahead to the final outdoor Lama in a moment. First, hair coursing. It's a subject we've debated many times here on the programme. It was probably on the very first programme all those years ago. Well, now, one police force, Lincolnshire, says it might be winning the battle. The number of incidents of hair coursing in the county the force covers has dropped, though it has meant an increase, possibly, Elsewhere, pushing the problem over neighbouring counties. Indeed, neighbouring forces have reported slight increases. In East Yorkshire, for example, there were nearly 200 cases last November and December in that area alone. The figures are still much higher in Lincolnshire, though. So, Chief Superintendent Mark Housley, what have you and the rural crime team been doing? The
1: figure has gone down compared to last year, and, and, and there's, you know, many, probably many reasons for that. And those will be some of the things that we're doing as, as, as the police. There'll be some things that our partners, the, the farmers, are doing that's helpful. Um, and you know, there'll be things that, that the uh, hair courses, who are in fear of some of the things we might do to them, have decided not to come into the county, which is really positive. Uh, we are aware that some of our surrounding counties are, are suffering more head-coursing
0: uh, this year than they did last year, so that does feel like it's a positive outcome for us. For you, yeah, as you just say, and you've been working hard. Is the fear, though, that you are just pushing them over the border and if the the other forces maybe uh, start doing what you're doing, you're going to push them, push them back again? Is that a fear? Or well, a concern? Well,
1: it, it, concern, fear, uh, uh, the, let's be realistic about this, is... Uh, are we trying to stop hair coursers, hair coursing in the UK, or am I tasked with trying to stop hair coursers, hair coursing in Lincolnshire? At this moment in time, my task is to keep them out of Lincolnshire and make Lincolnshire as hostile as I can. I will work with Cambridgeshire and I will work, work with Norfolk and I will work with bordering counties to support each other to push them even further afield. Um, but how do you stop hair coursing to say, well, that's criminal justice? And and we all know, and and our farmers all know this, that the the punishment for hair-coursing is so limited that that the £120 fine is not going to touch the sides. So will that stop them hair-coursing? No, it won't. Taking their dogs might, or it'll delay them, but um, yeah, I guess we are going to displace it and, and... do I apologise for that? At the moment in time, I'm pleased that not, it's not in Lincolnshire. Mm.
0: And you, you've done a lot. I mean, we've we've covered it on the farming program, uh, certainly over the last twelve months. Uh, there's been a lot of activity, a lot you've been doing, a lot of new ideas as well, bringing in new technology. Yeah, we, we
1: we've we've uh, refreshed how we do business, and, and we we continue to do that. And, and so, um, day in day out, we we revisit what we do, the tactics, and and, and how we could do things differently. So. At the beginning of the season we brought in drones something very new for Lincolnshire it has been really really productive uh, we brought in 4x4s we brought in specialist vehicles all-terrain vehicles um, we brought in different skills with our officers and developed our officers um, and, and where we're at now and, and some of the tactics i should should add that that this around season dogs it's something that we didn't do because of the cost it's something other forces didn't do because of the cost we do that now and that's made a significant difference so that's a difference in tactic we seize phones we seize money we seize cars and we will take liberty if we can okay so we're doing all of that the downside of that of course is that now they don't want to get caught and therefore we have this problem that they're now driving so recklessly they're putting the members of our community at risk with their driving and i'm having to say to my officers as the strategic lead that i'm not comfortable with you pursuing uh, through our villages and so now my my colleagues in the farming community are frustrated because of that understand that so that's a challenge for me tactically to think like well, how do we do this and this is around improving our intelligence to make sure that we're in the right place at the right time so that we don't allow those pursuits
0: to to happen big 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 challenge for me and and as you say <clears throat> A huge challenge and it proves you're not sitting on your laurels you know the figures have gone down so that's great we'll just carry on what we're doing you, you can't do that can you crikey no we're not sitting on our laurels and we have no laurels to sit on
1: i don't think um we, we're still we, we're still we had 2,000 instance last year we're going to end up with probably over 1,500 this year we want none that's my aspiration okay maybe not realistic but we've got to aspire for, for the for the greatest success um, it's a challenge and I guess as a police officer I will uh, rise to this challenge and, and I'm happy for my colleagues in the farming community to keep on pushing, keep on challenging stay on side with us, please stay on side and we are doing our best and sometimes our best isn't good enough I know that and sometimes we do drop the ball and, and I'm sorry but we're humans and we, we, we'll do that but we'll pick it up again and, and let's work together just keep trying and working because we are better than these people Together we're better than these people. We have the wit and intellect to be better than these people. So let's just stay together. And yet yeah, we will challenge what we do. And, and you know things we're doing around legislation. Historically, we look, we've looked at the poaching act, and we looked at the hunting act. We're now moving outside of that. And we're looking at different pieces of legislation, take them to court, and trying to take the license off them using. Parts of criminal legislation, looking at civil legislation and trying to actually uh, recover costs and, and charge them for that. So we're trying to hit them wherever we can. And, you know, it's the old older Al Capone type thing. You know, we can't get in for murder, but we got him for tax taxation. We're trying to be as broad thinking as we can and looking at different methods in different ways, so it's constant, yeah. We have the lion's share of hair of course, and I suspect in the UK. Um, when I talk to colleagues across the border and, and further afield, they'll talk about 200 incidents a year or, or 150 or 300. We're, we're talking about 2,000, as I've said, so we have the biggest challenge. Our problem is we have the, great, the best land and we have uh, this, the greatest population of hares. Mm. And we're not going to go around killing hares, are we? And our land is our land. And so we have those challenges to face up to. This is not Lincolnshire Police dealing with this alone. You know, it's a shared responsibility, and that's really important. So the, the landowners, the farmers' union, um, the community, other partners, um, RSPCA, highways, Uh, local authorities are all participating in this and working together to make a difference. So the credit doesn't come just to Lincolnshire Police. It goes to us all because we're working together and we're making Lincolnshire really, really hostile to these very unpleasant people. They have no respect for the animals they hunt. They have no respect for the dogs they're used to hunt and they have no respect for the community where they're hunting. So let's make it hostile, let's work together and let's be really, really unpleasant as we can to these people.
0: Chief Superintendent Mark Housley of Lincolnshire Police. He mentioned uh, in the interview there that old Al Capone-type thing, using uh, different aspects of the law to fight back, if you like. Well, on Friday, just gone, they had some success on that front. Two men were found guilty of hair-coursing, and they ended up not just with a fine, but also a driving ban, the first-ever criminal behaviour order was issued for them, and the dogs were seized as well. It'll be interesting to see if uh, other forces now follow suit we heard from him earlier uh, let's return now to sean sparling and his weekly update on all things agronomy yes
4: good morning again sean right strap yourself in this is going to be a quick one um not least because i've been in a conference for three days and i haven't done that much field walking but let's start with winter week um there is some rust in the field there is mildew in the field is it worth spending your time and your money putting a fungicide on to control it absolutely not keep your money in the bank, keep your hands in your pocket and leave the sprayer in the shed. It's a waste of time putting fungicide on at the moment. Let the weather do it, let the temperatures do it. Soil temperatures are low. The crops aren't moving quickly. It's not warm enough for that disease to cycle. So don't panic about it. Make a note of where it is, make a note of what it is, make a note of the variety it's in. Put it in your diary and get ready for T0 because that's as early as you're going to need to put a fungicide on these fields. Winter barley is a bit the same if you've got mildew out there. It's a waste of time doing it. Let the weather deal with it. It's not going to get any worse unless we get a heat wave and it sets off. If it does, deal with it. But at the minute, keep your money in your pocket and the sprayer in the shed. Um, If you've still got winter wheat to spray with Atlantis, pick your day. Make sure you put it onto a dry leaf on a day when you get at least two hours to dry on after you've applied it because it's not going to work efficiently in these conditions unless all the conditions are perfect and even then you may be disappointed so if that means putting one tank load on a day then do so but don't force it you've plenty of time to get that on and it's not going to get that much worse if you're waiting to do it over the next few weeks, um, if you look at all seed rape, disease levels remain relatively low, they're not getting any worse. Remember the spot check initiative, go to my Twitter feed at SAS Agronomy. Very straightforward, follow the link um, and know what you're doing. Don't spray something which isn't there. Know thine enemy, as it says in the Bible. Um, There's no point spraying a lot of money's worth of fungicide if there isn't the problem there in the first place. So make sure it's right. Monitor things this month. The thing to do over the next two weeks to keep you occupied is do your NMAX plan, do your integrated pest management plan, get your nitrogen plans in place, get your organic manures sorted, your records sorted from last year and your NMAX and everything else in place. That's what you should be doing at this time of year, not thinking about going out and spending money on things you don't need to do. Anyway if all things explode over the next few weeks I'm sure the snow will scupper us and hold us back.
0: Thanks Sean. Sean Sparling of Sparling Agronomy Services This week, Wednesday and Thursday sees the very last outdoor Lama. It's at the East of England showground before of course next year's move to the NEC at Birmingham. I can't believe it's uh, that time of year again already Kate Walsh, she's one of the team behind Lama What can we expect this coming week then Kate?
5: Yeah, no, it has come around quickly Sean Um, as always. uh, So Lama 18 it's looking like a fantastic show as always. Um, I mean Lama is basically the sort of launch pad for a lot of Machinery and equipment into the UK market.
0: Any any particular highlights you're looking forward to?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, just lots lots of different um, machinery being launched as always. Um, we do have a new. Feature at the event this year, and that's the farm safety seminars, which are located in Hall Seven, um, and that's new to the event this year. So it's a new series of seminars on farm safety, and that'll take place in Hall Seven um, on both the Wednesday and the Thursday with some really great speakers.
0: And of course, farm safety—it's—it's it's in everyone's mind now, isn't it? Ever more so, and it's—it's—it's it's, it's something really that agriculture's got to tackle.
5: Yeah, indeed, and that's why we're really pleased to be working with. Um, the Safety Revolution guys um, to put on this seminar. So, no, it'll be really good. So that'll be good. We've also got, like I said, lots of new machinery and equipment being launched and obviously a, a good amount of buzz around the new venue for next year, which is at the NEC in Birmingham.
0: As you touched on that, I don't know if it'll be an emotional goodbye, but it is certainly a change from the, uh, the outdoors in January to, uh, to the new indoor um, centre. Uh, have you had a good response to that, a mixed response?
5: Yeah, um, I mean, I I think it did come as a bit of a shock to some people. Some people, um, not a surprise. It has been met with some positive and some negative um, feedback, but the move to the NEC will encourage growth and provide a more professional environment for Lama, creating UK's premier agricultural indoor events. Um, It will enable us to sort of build on the reputation as a meeting place for the entire industry at a key time of year when buying decisions are made.
0: Kate Walsh at Lama ahead of this week's event. Will the uh, weather be kind for it, though?
5: The Farming Programme. Five-day
0: forecast. Well, we might be seeing some wintry showers come the middle of the week, but uh, first let's have a look at uh, today. Patchy cloud, possibility of some sunshine, though. Five, the high, the wind, more from the south at about 10 miles an hour. Overnight tonight starts dry and cloudy, though uh, we are expecting rain first thing tomorrow morning. Bit breezier as well from the south-southwest, 15, maybe gusting at 30 miles an hour. Temperatures around 2 Celsius, warming up though when that rain does arrive in the early hours. Tomorrow, a wet start to the new week. We're looking at highs of 7 Celsius, the wind from the south-southwest gusting at 40 miles an hour, and then it should dry out by the afternoon and into the evening, for a time anyway. We're looking at lows of around 2 Celsius, the wind from the west, 15 gusting at 30 miles an hour. Now, there's the possibility of some wintry showers through Tuesday. We'll keep a check on that as we get closer to Tuesday itself. Quite a misty start as well. Colder, three, the high. The wind from the west, 15 to 30 miles an hour. And then further showers overnight Tuesday into Wednesday. Temperatures down to freezing point. Expect a frost first thing on Wednesday morning. That wind continuing from the west, 15, gusting at 30, 35 miles an hour. Some sunshine for the middle of the week, though the possibility again of some uh, wintry showers could be heavy where they fall as well. We'll have to keep a check on that, most definitely. Four Celsius will be the high for Wednesday. The wind from the west, 15 gusting at 25 miles an hour. And as I say, things rather unsettled at the minute. That wintry showers could continue. Temperatures little above freezing if we're lucky with sharp frosts overnight as well. The hourly forecast will certainly keep you updated on that. That's the forecast then for now. Next week, as well as events at Lammer, we're looking at fly-tipping. It's an ever-growing blight on the countryside. The CLA this week displayed an image of a heifer chewing a plastic beer bottle in some rubbish found at Sutton Bridge. It's a shocking image, and sadly that's just the tip of the iceberg. More on that next Sunday. Until then, as always, here's hoping for a good week's farming. Take care.